If you would, to Matthew chapter 6. Our theme, our theme this year is daring to believe God. Lord, I just, I just ask, Lord, you forgive me, but I just got to do this. <laughs> I got the remotes, Jimmy. <laughs> I just, just had to do it. <laughs> just, had to, just couldn't pass it up. <laughs> Matthew chapter number 6. And uh, he knows what that's about and nobody else. So anyway, Matthew chapter number 6. Our theme this year is daring to believe God. And tonight, you, if, you, if you dare to believe God, you've got to talk about this subject. So my thought tonight is this. I want to believe, but I'm worried. Just a show of hands, it'd be okay. I won't boo you out, because I must confess, I've got to put mine up. How many struggle with worrying? That's, that's, my, great, that's my great thing. I probably and I know, know what the Bible says. I'm trying to apply the Bible. But yet, I must confess, but there's probably, there's probably, worry may be our most enduring form of unbelief. Now, don't miss that. Worrying may be our most enduring form of unbelief. And I don't want to be that. I don't want to be an unbelieving saint. So let's, Let's read together Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, or nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat in the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, are ye not much better than they? Thank you very much. Oh, wonderful mission, $1,667. Thank you for giving to, tonight. Amen. And what, a uh, little, little, what did I get to? And which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic unto his stature? And why, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the fields, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or withal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore... No thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto day, the day 
is the evil thereof. Zeke, how about leading us to the throne of grace? Amen. We brought one message on this thought. I want to believe, but I'm afraid. And we built the thought around this truth. When we just can't believe, it's not the God of Scripture we're rejecting. It's the God we perceive Him to be. In Scripture, we looked at refuse to be controlled by a situation. Remind yourself of what you believe and know and replace fear of the seen with faith in the unseen. Now, tonight we want to look at this thought. I want to believe, but... Boy, I'm telling you, that is a, a big issue but I'm worried. And someone has said, worry is the fruit of fear. And may I say, it's not good for us, but it is common. And here's what's sad about worry. It accomplishes little, dishonors God, who cares for us. Worrying, worrying, is saying we believe God is limited in what He's able to do. And the truth of the matter is, it really gets down to just a choice. Today, God gives us a choice. We face life's challenges. We can deliberately choose to follow Him and rest in His truth and promises, or we can surrender our minds to this great enemy called worry. Joshua 24, 15 said, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father's servant that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Charles Mayo of the Mayo Clinic said this, Worry affects our circulation, the heart, the glands, the whole nervous system. It profoundly affects our heart. He said, I've never known a man to die from overwork, but I've known many who died from worry. Wow. Wow. Worry has the meaning to grab and grip by the throat, it means to strangle. Worries mean, in the root meaning, means to strangle. And truly, if there's anything that will strangle us mentally, emotionally, is this thing called worry. I, I know we all do it, 
And we shouldn't, the truth be told. But it really strangles us in what we do for God and what we can't do for God. I know these statistics here. Our worry, 40% will never happen. You worry about 40% that will never take place. 30% of our worry is about old decisions that we can never, never change. All choices. How many made choices you would to God you could change in the past? But we all have, have we not? And the reality is, worry, 30% of our worry is about choices we made in our past. More like I've been preaching on Sunday morning. Those things just need to die, but yet 30% concerned old choices. 12%, I'm amazed at this, center on criticism. Somebody's uh, uh, criticizes you. And there's some people, now, uh, I, I tell you, they're not pastors. I'll tell you that right now. If they was pastors, they'd get over that in a hurry or he'd kill them. But the reality is, 12% of people, when they're criticized, it will literally weigh them to death about what people criticize or what people think. And 10% relate to health. And only 8% uh, what we worry about is legitimate and we can do something to change it if we want to. Psalmist said in Psalms 37, Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him that prospereth in His way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. That word fret not means don't worry. Now the Lord, in a text we read, He asked some very important questions. First one, which of you by taking thought, by worrying, can add one cubic unto his stature? Here's what he's asking. All your worrying how much do you add to your heart? When I wedding yesterday, I, I, I hope he ain't listening. Well, I just tell you, I love that wedding because I tell you, that preacher was shorter than me. Praise God. I, I, I found somebody, he's shorter than I was. And I, I tell you, I loved it. I loved it. But the truth of the matter, by worrying, he said, by worrying, how many of you can add one inch to your heart? He asked this question. And why take ye thought for raiment? He said, look at the lilies in the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Then he said, Matthew 6, 31, Therefore take no thought, said, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or withal shall we be clothed? Now, there are folks today that truly worry. My mother, bless her heart, she's in heaven now. When she moved out of her house, she was a hoarder. 
when she was little, my, my mother's aunt was telling us that she went hungry. And, uh, and, and she just went hungry. And so whenever she got old enough to stockpile food, and you and ask Eddie, when we cleaned our house, we all got, what, two or three truckloads of food in the house, and she was the only one who lived there. Because she had a fear. She had a fear. She worried constantly about being hungry. So she would just stockpile food and, uh, and, uh, literally just, just a house full of food. And, and so many people. But Jesus said, why are you worried? Now I know there's some sitting here tonight that's probably thinking, well, that's easy for you to say. You, I mean, you don't have my problems. I've got this, and I've got this, and I've got this, and I've got this. Well, may I ask you a question? How much has worrying got you? What's it accomplish? Please tell me how much worrying about it has accomplished. Well, the truth is, it's accomplished nothing. And it won't accomplish anything. But the real question comes, I want to believe. Oh, how many of you really dare to believe God that you really want to believe? How many of you want to believe? I want to believe, but I'm worried. So how do I stop the worrying? How do I stop? Let me give you three things. We'll be done. First of all, and all of this is simple. We all know this. We ought to know this. We've been in church enough we should know this. But if not, number one, remember God is in control. Remember God is in control. Now we know, how many of you know beyond a doubt God's in control? Raise your hand real good. I don't be ashamed. You know why you worry then. A lot of the same hands went up, including mine. Why are you worried? If you know God is in control. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 24, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. Therefore, now when you read therefore in the Bible, you need to stop and ask, what's it there for? Therefore I send you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. So we come first of all, it we know God's in control. We got first, number A, the choice of our Lord's. No man, how many people, how many men? Now you were not listening. I want you, I want you, I want you react. How many men? How many? No man can serve Two masters. I, that pretty well means you. It means me. It means everybody you'll meet tomorrow. No man 
can serve two masters. Bible is so very clear. For you will hate the one and love the other, or else you'll hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God in them. You, if you, if God ever gets you, you ever get this in your heart, and, and it, it truly becomes real, and we remember that God's in control, then we have to choose Him to be master. A choice of lords. Mammon simply means riches. The word translated serve means slave to. The word master means lord, absolute owner. Jesus is saying you can't be slave to two owners. Twice saying. You just can't be slave to two owners. One of the two is going to have priority. And most of our worrying starts right here. Most of our worrying starts with the choice of lords that's in our life. He said you can't serve Jesus. God can't be Lord. And mammon can't be Lord. So which one's going to be Lord? No compromise is possible. You have to decide. The world... We're going to live for and a master we're going to serve. When we worry, we stop trusting God and we start trying to take control of our life. How many are control freaks? How many of you know I'm a control freak? I knew his hand was going to go up. Did he have both of them up? Come on, tell me now. Did he? Did he? Both hands, both feet. And real, the issue, the issue of worrying, folks, is this. Is we're going to be, this church, I, I, I love this church with all my heart. I truly do. God placed my heart in this thing 27 years ago and it's gotten greater and greater as years go by, but there's a lot of stuff goes on uh, uh, in the week. And boy, you you have people coming, then you have people going. You have people doing this, and people sick, and people here, and people yonder. And boy, I tell you what's the truth. Sometimes the devil says, "Boy, you ought to just worry. You ought to just worry." And I've I've done my share of worrying over this church, but I tell you, if I make a choice. And I'm reminded that, Lord, this is your church. And on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he's in control. Then what have I got to worry about? There's no need. He don't sleep at all. So there's no need me staying up with him. Do you get that? He never sleeps, slumbers, never weary. There's no searching of his understanding. So why in the world should I worry? Why don't you just let him take care of it and deal with this thing? The reality is it becomes a choice of the Lord that we're serving. But I serve, if money is your Lord and mammon is your Lord, you've got to take care of it.
And you're worrying yourself to death. Trying to control it. Therefore, therefore, I say unto you, number B, cease the lingering worry. Therefore, I say, take some thought, a little bit of thought. What you worry about an hour a day? No. What your Bible say? Take how many thought? No thought. Now, when God says no, what does he mean? No. Zip. Zero. Nothing. And all with the center of doubt. Nothing. No thought. Now, I gotta ask you, do you believe your Bible's true? Do you believe the Word of God's true? Then why are you gonna get up tomorrow? Therefore I say it take no thought for your life. No, she said, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, or what you shall put on. You say, Well, preacher, I got now. I tell you, I don't really worry about those things. I mean, I got food in the cabinet. I got clothes in the closet. And I got me some Pepsi Cola and it better be just Pepsi Cola in the refrigerator. But that's not the key word there. The key word there is not that. Jesus goes to the core of worry and says what ye shall Tomorrow, eat. What you shall tomorrow wear. What you shall tomorrow put on. What he's talking about, and he goes to the core of all of our worry, is tomorrow. Many of you are sitting right now, and you're worried, man, we're going to be able to make that car payment at the end of the month. I don't know. I tell you what, she spent five dollars extra on groceries. I don't know if we're gonna make the car payment or not. And you, you're just worried. You're worried about everything that come tomorrow. But I wonder if I'm gonna have the no money with the end of the month. I want I'm worried if I'm gonna have enough at the end of the week this bill comes due. It's all Built our worry is all built in tomorrow. It's not just in today, but in tomorrow. Oh, I tell you, our crowd was sick today, and uh, and uh, I mean, our crowd was just so many people sick, and more. I'm just telling you, they they said, "Well, I just tell you." You ain't going to hide nobody in church tonight. I, I mean, I've got to thinking about tonight's service today at 1 o'clock. Boy, the devil said, boy, there's so many people sick. You ain't going to hide nobody. Boy, I come over here to pray, and I got to say, well, bless God. Me and Darlene will be here, I know. And Jesus said, we're two. Okay, that's enough. He'd be in the midst, and we're going to have service if everybody's sick. And we got a pretty decent crowd. Truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, 
We worry about what's going to be tomorrow. What I shall eat. What I shall drink. What I shall wear. Then Jesus pleads his case. He said, I believe this with all my heart. I believe about that time there's a flock of birds come over. He looked at it, he said, look at that. I said, did you see them birds? He said, half of them was at the doctor's office last week getting some Prozac. They're worried to death. I'm not going to be able to feed them. The other half's having a nervous breakdown because they're not sure that, that it's going to be a bad winter. I heard the birds say it's going to be a bad winter. So I don't know what in the world we're going to do. So they're all, they're just falling all to pieces. You realize birds eat 400 to 500 million tons of insects annually. 400, 500 tons. Ton, 2,000 pounds, Neil. Okay, you do the arithmetic. Now, I want to ask you a question. Are you with me? Who provides the insects? Wow. And he's providing 400 to 500 million. So I don't even know how many trillion that would be of insects for them sparrows that flies on a, in the mornings that you hear a bird you see flying in the air. He said this, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Here's the question he asks you. And if more of you ever get a hold of this, it'll change your life. Are you not much better are you not much better than they? He said, he said, you think. God just said, do you think? I'm going to feed all the birds and I'm going to let you starve to death. That's what he says. You're saying, God, you're really talking about birds? I've got this job interview and Bill, stack it up. Are you not much better than they saying worry is not an option for the one who chooses to worship God now I'm going to stop right here I need to say something so you don't misunderstand me there's a difference between being concerned about our future and planning for our future we can make situations better not worrying is not going home and sitting down on your duff and doing nothing. You can make your future better, situations better by planning and being concerned. But there's a lot of difference between planning and concerned and about worry. God's saying, I want you to plan for tomorrow. I want you to make, I, I want you to do some things to plan for tomorrow, but I don't want you worried about tomorrow. See, worrying is not just sitting around doing nothing 
and wait for God to do that's not the that's not it at all. Not worrying is just simply saying, God, I'm gonna make the plan the best plan I can, but then I'm gonna trust you to take what little plans, change them for your glory, and do with them what you want to do. But I'm not going to worry about that. Corey Timboom said this about worry. By the way, by the way, in case you're saying, well, who is she? Who is she? And what gives her the right to talk about worry? She was in a Nazi prison camp, I believe. I love her story. You ought to read it sometime. On one occasion, she was a prisoner. Her dad built his house to try to save people. And her and her sister was taking prisoners. And she prayed, God protect us from the soldiers that would come in and do unthinkable things to them. You just, you know what I'm talking about. So in their barracks where they was, it was infested with fleas. And she goes praying about those fleas. And God reminded her, Corey, has any soldiers come in lately? The fleas kept the soldiers out. And they wouldn't be brutalizing the women. And so what they happened, the fleas, God used fleas to answer her prayer and kept out the soldiers. But Corey Denboom said this, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. She went on to say, Worry is a cycle of inefficient thoughts swirling around the center of fear. How true. She said this, Worry is like a rocking chair. It keeps you moving, but it doesn't get you anywhere. How true that is. So number one, remember God's in control. What's number one? What? Remember God's in control. Number two, rest in God's care for you. Rest in God's care for you. Bible says, First Peter five seven, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Matthew 6, 28, and what? Take you thought for Raymond. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that Solomon, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Solomon couldn't compare to me clothing the lilies of the field. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass, the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? There are some things we just can't control in life. He said, first, take no thought. No one can change his stature by worrying. Second, he points to the flowers. And he says, O ye of little faith, if we dare to believe God in 2019, 
there's one thing it's going to take, and that is for God to stretch our faith greater and beyond anything that's been stretched. And one of the areas He wants us to stretch it in and remember and rest in God's care for you. And then the last one, number three. Number one's what? Number two, what? All right, number three. Reach out and capture the thoughts. Reach out. Therefore. Now, anytime you say therefore, you ought to stop saying, what's it therefore? Take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? With all shall we be closed? He said, you, he said, for after all these things do the Gentiles say, God says, I know what you need. That's what he's saying. He said, I know you need these things. But he said, take no thought for them. How do we do that? How do we reach out and capture that thought? Because every worry starts with a thought stopping in your mind. Every worry has to start with a thought stopping. How do we do that? Number one, what must be first? What must be first? But seek ye the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The things that God knows we need and that He has promised to provide when all is said and done, just things. Notice, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And notice, and some of these things, a few of these things that you're all worried about, some of these things, or a few of these things, is that what your Bible says? What your Bible say? All? Well, when God says all, what does He mean? All. All these things shall be added unto you. God said, if you'll put my business, my kingdom, put me first in your life, you have nothing in this world to worry about because I'm God enough to add all the things you need into your life. I've told this illustration before, but I feel like telling it again. And I know you want to hear it. I just know you do. I, I worked the Hickory chair, and I had this boy that worked for me. And uh, I, I, this one of the ladies come, as a matter of fact, the lady that Elijah worked for at Ockard come to me. She said, boss, and said that boy says hungry. He ain't got nothing to eat. And, and God knows my heart. I had a blondie sandwich and, and, and a little Debbie cake, and, and I had enough money to buy me a drink, and that was it to my name. That was all I had. Well, I, I said, I thought a little bit. I said, tell him to come to my office. So he come to my office, and I give him my sandwich, and give him my, my little Debbie cake. I, right there, 
a miracle in itself. I don't part with them much, all right? And I give them a little Debbie cake. I give them the, the money to go in the dress and go in the canteen. And I decide, well, praise God, I need to pray in fast. And uh, so I just pray in fast. Upstairs, my color app come down. He said, I was upstairs. Now listen, I was upstairs. And I got to thinking, I've never took you out to lunch. He said, I'm going to take you and I'll buy you a steak or anything you want. I said, well, praise God, we'll fast tomorrow. Let's go. <laughs> Amen. You say, why did you say that? Because it tells me that if we put Him first, all these things... Now, He didn't say won't. Whoa! He didn't say won't. He said all these things. What things? What you shall eat. What you shall wear. What you shall... What, what's these things? All them things endure tomorrow that He knows you have need of. He said, if you'll put me first, He said, I'll supply them. But what must be thought? Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. Lord gives us the root of worry. And that is most of the time about tomorrow. Lord tells us, don't worry about tomorrow. I think we're a plan for tomorrow. I plan every day. I, I schedule every day. I plan every day. But I give God rights to every day, including my plan. Some days He just junks it. I don't want to plan, but not worry. Oh, I love this. The Bible says, we're not to add tomorrow's cares to those of today. Sufficient of the day is the evil thereof. Let me tell you this story and I'm done. There's an old fable about a clock that stood in the corner of a room, busily ticking away the hours. The clock began to think and worry, said to itself, I tick once every 60 seconds. There's 60 seconds in a minute and 60 minutes in an hour. That means I have ticked 3,600 times every hour, 86,400 times every day. Then there's tomorrow and the day after that, then the days and the weeks and the months lie ahead. In a year, I would have ticked 31,563,000 times. Clark began became discouraged. As he added the burden of unborn days to the burden of the present moment of time, he began to run more and more slowly till he almost came to a stop. Then the clock had an encouraging thought. After all, he said, it's only a tick at a time. With that flash of insight, the clock gathered strength and carried on with its Alter a lot of tasks measuring the passing moments a tick at a time. And let me just say to you, dear friend, may we all, I said, may we all 
May we all believe God and not let the devil get us caught up or worrying because we live life one heartbeat at a time. Just one heartbeat at a time. It's all standard feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Here tonight, 